0: Uh, he got me started down the path of uh, scripture memorization. He got me started down the path of loving God's word. And really it was, it was his influence uh, along with uh, that of John Duncan that really gave me um, a, a, a vision of what it could mean to be able to study and teach God's word. And so uh, I'm encouraged to have Bob here. Come on up, Bob. And um, I love this guy. He married Steph and me uh, in Canada on his 23rd wedding anniversary. So love you, brother. Well, it's good to be here, it's good to look out and see that God is still moving in Fallon, America, and it's exciting to uh, just see that some things don't change. Ernie's in the same seat. Now, Rochelle used to sit over here, but now she's over there, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it is, and I was disappointed this morning that the doors were closed, because when you guys worship, you worship. And that's what that world needs to hear, to open the doors and to hear not just a bunch of guys singing. You know, and Tim, I just want to thank you for sitting behind me. You kept me on key, but you also uh, just to hear men that are excited about the Lord. And last night, as we uh, got to share uh, with the men and, and feed them, uh, to hear what he said was just something about a bunch of guys singing forth. Now, there were some sopranos in a couple of those songs. I go, yes, you know, because, I mean, guys, you know, you know and the, just the, the, I guess you'd call that an ensemble that was up here, and I'm, you know, increasing my vocabulary as we go, but, uh, you know, to hear uh, uh, the range that God gives us, to worship him, you know, and, and the, uh, the instruments but that's what God desires, and he alone is the one who is worthy of praise. It was 26 years ago that um, we packed up our family in South Carolina and uh, came to Fallon, America. And, you know, I was sharing with the men last night just all that God has done in those 26 years and to see what he continues to do Um I was reminded last night that uh, walking with the Lord all those years, you know, we change. Bill was very gracious. He says, you know, Jim and Joyce, you know, have aged, like all of us do, uh, aged a little, and I want to say a lot. You know, and, and we grow, but one thing is consistent, and that's our God. You know, Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord, and I change Not. And so this morning, what I'd like us to do is consider where we are as a church, but more importantly, where I am individually as a a believer. And so I'm going to ask us just to take a moment and uh, just say, God, you know, speak to my heart this morning, but not just say what I want to hear, because I I have learned over 40 years of marriage that I have pretty selective hearing, you know. (laughs) And Chris reminds me very graciously um, that, you know, we sort of hear what we want us to hear and know what to say, and we become so accustomed, even in church settings, to, uh, to well, yeah, we're going to oh, man, he's starting at 11.10. Well, that means, you know, 50 minutes. He hasn't preached in a long time. It'll probably be noon, you know, and we sort of, you know, <laughs> shut off uh, what God might be doing. What I want you to do is just say, God, just set everything aside and speak to me this morning so would you do that with me i'm going to give us just a moment just to prepare our hearts and then i'll close and uh we'll embark on i hope an adventure in god's word let's pray Father God, as we're still before you this morning, we would ask that you would speak to our hearts. Speak to my heart, Father, as I have uh, struggled and wrestled with what to share here at this place this week. And uh, I just thank you for uh, your faithfulness to direct me to what I believe is uh, the message that you have for, for my heart and for the hearts here this morning. I pray, Father, that uh, you would be our teacher. Father, we uh, invite you by your Holy Spirit to uh, take your word and to feed us the truth of it. Father, I I thank you for all that you're doing here. I thank you for uh, the leadership that uh, sees the importance of uh, reaching out into the community. For the uh, men and the women that are involved in small groups and uh, getting to know uh, you better. Father, as that song sings, there's no greater thing than knowing you. Father, help us to count all things but rubbish in the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we just ask that you would take over right now. Speak to our hearts as we commit this time to you in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to uh, Psalm 37. It's an exciting place to begin because not many of us this morning can say, Boy, I am so excited about life. There's nothing like it. There's, I don't have a care in the world. You know, I mean, there's, you know, I'm just getting down the road. And one day, someday, wherever I am, God's going to call me home and life just couldn't get better. Now, I don't know very many people who can say that, especially anybody over four. Now, one of the great things, if you want to be able to say that, is let God put grandchildren in your life. And uh, I remember when uh, uh, Gabe was born, and and now Zoe, um, and what a delight, you know, and what a hardship. Our son, uh, our grandson uh, Gabriel is autistic, and he's nonverbal, you know, and it's just a, a struggle for me to uh, see God's hand in it. And then there's Zoe, and she's one of those ones, and and her name is Zoe Grace Starkey, you know, and Zoe means life, and of course, we know uh, what life is. Zoe means full of life, and that's what she is. I mean, her favorite thing is, why for, you know, I mean, or why cuz, you know, and she asks those questions all the time. You know, she told Chris uh, to turn on the DVD, or asked her to turn on the DVD, and Chris says, I don't know how, you know, i I, I tell you, electronics uh, is not where we live. We don't even have a TV in Elko, you know. But she, she wanted to watch something. Uh, um, I think it was Strawberry Shortcake, you know. And Chris said, Chris, I don't know how. And she said, "Well, I, I think." And Chris Chris, I don't know. And she turned to her and she said, "Old people are supposed to know things." <laughs> you know, you just go. And she's right. You know, but uh, what we need to recognize is, is that that is what life is supposed to be. You know, we sang about songs about how great our God is, and we sang the songs, and we need to put that into practice in our daily living. David, the author of Psalm 37, struggled with those very things. He says this in uh, verse one. Well, let's just read. We're going to look at uh, Psalm 37, uh, one through eight this morning. It says, do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious towards wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and will fade like the green herb or herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. You know, and David was one that, if you studied in the last two summers at Cowboy's Rest, we have been looking at the life of David. You know, and the first half is, is just, you know, Goliath and all the good stuff. And then you move into, boy, some, some difficult times. Murder, adultery, you know. And, and one thing about God, he always shares everything about us. Not about us, but his servants. He doesn't just say, well, David was wonderful. And he was. He's a man after God's own heart. But we see that he had trouble just like we do. And yet he writes in Psalm uh, 37, fret not. And I like that word. You know, it's probably a a word from the past. You know, don't worry. You know, have no anxiety. But really what the word means in the Hebrew, and I, I like this, it means to glow or to grow warm. Have you ever been hot under the collar? That's sort of what means to fret. You know, I mean, and let's face it, there's lots of stuff to fret about. You know, important stuff like, are the 49ers going to win today? (laughs) You know, and uh, we had a good time with that last night. But really, those things, but we do. We fret and we, you know, where do ulcers come from? From fretting. You know, and we worry, and we, we begin getting warm inside, and we begin to glow, and we are just downright upset. Whether it's the classes that I have in college, or, you know, my parents don't understand me, to what are these kids doing this, this generation? You know, and we, and we just sort of fret, and that doesn't include the economic situation. You know, when am I going to get a job? Can I get a job? Should I keep my job or should I get rid of my job? You know, what about the inflation? Should I put my money in the bank? Well, you can't put it there. They charge too much. Matter of fact, I don't think you get any interest anymore. Should I bury it in the backyard? No, somebody may find it. And we just fret ourselves back and forth. You know, and, and God says, fret not. Stop it, is what he's saying. And the first thing he deals with, he says, don't get all worked up over evil doers. And all we got to do is turn on the news. I think the the way I get worked up the most is uh, as we drive back and forth to the ranch or drive back and forth to Reno to see Chris's dad, you know, you have a lot of windshield time, you know, and so what has the world done for us? They've given us 24-hour news, which really isn't news at all. It's just a bunch of people arguing back and forth. If you stop and listen to it, but you listen to that and, you know, and you don't always, or talk radio and, you know, it's whether, you know, Obama's gonna do this or the economy's gonna do this and when are we gonna get jobs and this guy didn't do that and boy, you get out of the car and you go, I'm exhausted. And i and I didn't, even, I just sat. You know, because your mind just starts racing and racing and racing. And the thing that we worry, we read about all the drugs and all the cartels and everything going on and he says, first of all, Don't fret because of evil doers. You know, and we live in a world that calls evil good and good evil. We shouldn't get worked up without that. That is the world that we live in. You know, granted, God is the uh, blessed controller of all things, but the scriptures are real clear. Satan is the prince, the power of the air. He is the one in charge of what's going on. Yeah, God is overall, he's sovereign. And we're going to look at that. And so we shouldn't get upset about evildoers, but we do. We go, it's just because I'm human. And that's true. But we're more than human. To really be human is to know what we've been singing about this morning. It takes God to really be human. He says, don't fret. Don't get all worked up over the evildoers. In Psalm 2, it talks about that God laughs. At the attempts of man, but he says the evil doers, and be not envious towards wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass, and fade like the green herb. Have you ever seen? You know, and we get some extremes in in Elko. You know, it's like seventy degrees, and the next morning it's twelve. You know, and I know Alf uh, Fallon does too, but it just. You know, and all of a sudden, the green grass is brown. First it turns a sort of ugly gray, you know, and then it's just brown. And it's just like that overnight. Now, granted, we live, you know, day by day. But we need to remember that going to. they're going to get their reward. We're not supposed to say, yeah, you know, because uh, the scriptures say don't rejoice over your enemy when he falls. But he says that, you know, they're going to fade, they're going to be gone in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We are eternal beings. He says, fret not of what's going on in the world. And that's tough. Our son Will, who's an Air Force pilot, uh, is hopefully flying back from Afghanistan today or last night. You know, and it's tough. He said, well, I, I, we, we, they're ferrying some planes back and forth. And he says, we've got to land in Turkestan so we can armor the plane. I go, and to get our personal armor. You know, and all of a sudden, Dad's going, don't tell your mom. You know, <laughs> you know don't tell your mom. I mean, this is real stuff. You know, and we start worrying. And Woody and I were talking about this, and he says, you know, I had the opportunity to share out of Philippians, uh, just a mini-series on Philippians 4. And you go, man, you know, that's good stuff. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says what? Don't be anxious for anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, and and Will, you know, 26 years ago, you know, I wasn't quite the same age as Will. I came and I was sort of young and dumb. You know, uh, now I'm just old and dumb. Will was all excited. He says, Dad, I get combat pay which is tax-free. He says, you know, I have the opportunity to get a lot more hours. He's just a co-pilot. He just graduated from uh, uh, flight school uh, last May, and so he has to have so many hours before he becomes an aircraft commander. You know, move to the left seat. You know, and and he was excited about that. And he says, I'm going to be deployed there in January for four months. He said, at least I get to see where I'm going. You know, and, and, sort of, some of his friends that are from back east that have gone over to the, and he'll be stationed in Afghanistan, but they said, you know, it's just the most desolate place ever. You know, and we'll look at the picture, and it's just like Nevada. You know, he, he was just really pretty excited about it, you know, but, uh, you know, and, the, and there's one of his buddies said, bring Long Johns, bring, you know, and, and he lives in Texas, and he says, I've never been so cold. You know, and Will looked at the temperature and says, it's just like Elko. You know, so, I mean, but we don't fret over that because our God is in control. And that's the point this morning. God is the one that we can look to. He goes on and he says, for they will quickly wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Okay, and then if we look at that word trust, we all know, we've been in church long enough to know that the word trust means to put our entire weight upon the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. He says, put your weight on me. You know, we we sing a song... Uh, in days gone by, leaning on the everlasting arms. You know, and it's not just leaning sideways. You know, you know I, I sort of like to put my arm around Chris and, you know, put your head on my shoulder and sing all those old songs, and the, and the young people are going, what is he talking about? You know, but I appreciate the, the, the more mature uh, senior adults. That's what Chris calls me now. She said, you are now a senior adult. I showed it to the men I had to go to the senior center for lunch. Now, I've been a- eligible to go for seven years. No way. And they said, well, why don't you go out to lunch? Great. They said, where are we going? Are go going to the senior center? I'm not going. You know. But I went. And, you know, it's a pretty good meal for three bucks. You know? <laughs> of course, there's government subsidized and all the rest. But, you know, that's him. Uh, but to trust, and it's not just leaning, but he is the one that Deuteronomy says is those everlasting arms underneath us. He's our safety net. He's the one that won't let us fall. And he is the one that promises. And God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of the man that he should repent. And uh, has he not said, will he not do it? Has he not spoken, will he not make it good? God in uh, Titus 1, I think, says it's impossible for God to lie. If he said it, he will do it. And so we find that he says, he is trustworthy. You know, I put my trust in him. I put my entire weight on the Lord and do good. You know, we still need to live here. I mean, it would be great if we could just reside and just worship in this place. You know, we'd have to open the doors sometimes and, and get a breath of air. But I mean there's just a joy of coming together as saints. But you know, God doesn't just want us to have a holy huddle. He wants us to go out and share the good news, to declare, and that's what we talked about last night. To declare, even at our old age, God's faithfulness, his strength, his power. And so he has a job for us. But he says that we need to be out doing good in a world that isn't good. It really isn't. As good as it is at Cowboys Rest, it's still part of this world. As good as life gets, we have something so much better. He says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the thoughts of men what God has prepared for those who love him. And we bought the lie of the enemy. We bought the lie and said, just don't get any better than this. And I don't know what beer commercials they are, and they go, yeah, you know, yeah, that's it. It's no bit It's hard to get better than that. Baloney. Don't buy the lie, church. God calls us to be trusting in him and doing good. And there's only one that is good, Jesus said, and that's him. So everything that we do, everything that we say, every place that we go, remember, if we're believers, Jesus is the one that we're to declare. And then he goes on and he says in verse 3, trust in the Lord and then dwell in the land. And that really means to settle down. You know, we live in a transient society. 26 years ago, if you were in the N.A.S. Fallon. Boy, you know, it was pretty hard to break through. Praise God for churches that said, hey, you know, we live in a transient society. Three years is a long time. Will's learning that. You know, he's stationed in Abilene. He's going to go there and then he goes somewhere else. And we need to be doing good. But there was a time when we never settled down, we just were always moving. You know, and he says, dwell. Settle down. You know, it might just be for three years. You know, and as as Brennan shared, what a joy to have that opportunity to disciple men and to disciple uh, to see women discipled by other women to go out into the world. You know, and that's what I think Parkside grabbed a hold of when we merged the churches together. There's a, a mission field out at NAS Fallon, and if we get a hold of God gets a hold of the lives of these men and women, and we disciple them and share the importance of knowing him. Boy, we're touching the world. And that's what we do. You know, I didn't know Brendan was going to end up in in Russia, you know. Of course, on the way, you know, met Stephanie down his hill and, you know, and went to Chicago. But, you know, and then God brings him back here prepared for ministry. That's the way our God works. But we need to settle down into Him, I think, is what it's saying here. He says, um, dwell in the land, in a fixed place. Settle down. And what do you settle down with? You know, it might be that you're only here for three years. It's not just where I reside. What do you settle down with? Can I ask that question? You know, do we settle down with, well, it's Sunday, you know, and it's NFL day, and it's Saturday, and it's college football, or it's the World Series? Or it's you know Chris and I've been sort of playing around looking at different houses in in Elko and Elko is a place where they build quilts. I know they have and if you if you're a quilter if you don't have one of these things or if you do you know what I mean it's as long as one of these pews it's this big stainless steel machine that you're almost afraid to get you know it's going to grab you and pull you through it you know and I mean and I was amazed I never saw one and. Three of the houses that we looked at had these quilting machines. I mean, they had a whole separate room. You know, but what do you settle down with? Have you ever just sat down with the Word and just said, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna settle down. I'm just gonna dwell in my God's presence. Or do you just go, you know, I did that Sunday, and it went overtime anyway. You know. We need to take the word and to realize that God says, don't fret, settle down, use the word, you know, and just enjoy, you know. Boy, men, women, God didn't give us our spouses or our children just to ferry around and dump them off here or dump them off there or to sit in, you know. I mean, they're gone before we know it. You guys are taking your second to college, you know. And, uh, and you go, where'd the time go? Then you're going to have an empty nest, and you go, oh, Chris, nice to see you. You know, you almost want to go up and, like I, I did Rachel, and, you know, the kids changed. I said, good morning, Bob Burles, and she looked at me, and I knew who it was. But we sort of look at our wives or our spouses sometimes after our kids are gone, and we go, I know you. We do the same thing with the Lord. We just say, well, yeah, I spent some time Sunday. Yeah, I even went to a small group because they serve food, you know, <laughs> or whatever reason. But he's really saying to dwell in the land. And then he says, cultivate faithfulness. And he's not talking about growing a garden here. Chris's Italian roots uh, up in the northern Italy, and they were farmers, her grandfather farmed the Washoe uh, Valley. I mean, Washoe, um, Reno, South Reno. Uh, their farm was right where the convention center was. All his life. You know, and so there's some roots there. Chris has always wanted to have a garden at the ranch. I don't know why. The growing season's like four days. <laughs> you know, but, you know, and so, you know, honey, could you put some uh, the ground sort of clay and so you put some stuff and till it in, get everything ready, and all you do is feed the deer if anything comes up. It's not just talking about that type of cultivation here. And really, uh, when you look at the word cultivate, and I like this, it says cultivate is um, to labor in the fields and to uh get the ground ready, it says, um ready to work the work to work the ground and to plant and the water and the weed and all that's involved in cultivating and gardening. Second definition. To improve by labor, care, study, example, our minds. It says cultivate faithfulness. You know, garbage in, garbage out. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your spiritual service of worship, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. How are you going to renew your mind? Well, you're going to cultivate. You've got to come in and and pull out some of the garbage that's there. Get rid of it. You know, bring in some some, uh, clay-busting material or whatever. And it's all right here. It's all in the Word. It's all in knowing our Lord Jesus Christ in such a way that we can go, that's what it means. He says, to trust in the Lord to dwell in the land, to cultivate, to renew your mind. And I ask the question, could it be that we fret over all these things is because we aren't cultivating, we aren't settling down with the most important thing, the only thing, the only one that doesn't change. You know, and there's lots of pressure out there. I realize that. You know, and, and we uh, are hoping. But I have a God who said, I will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I have a God who promised that he will never desert his, uh, his children. I shared the verse last night, Psalm 37, verse 25. It says, I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaking, forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. God is faithful, church. He is faithful to meet all of our needs. Not all of our wants. Because I want a lot of stuff. You know, I've always wanted to be skinny. You know, this doesn't happen, you know. But it doesn't matter what we want. he says, I promise to meet all of your needs according to God's riches in Christ Jesus. You know, are we really cultivating and dwelling in the land that God has called us to? And, of course, verse 4, uh, most of us know this. We only quote the, uh, the, the last half. The first half says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, we all can say, well, God said he'd give us the desires of our heart. And that's true. But he says, delight yourself in him. Have you ever delighted in something? I think we all have. I mean, it's an emotion, and that's okay. Emotions are good. God gave them to us. You know, and but delight means to be made full of joy. And so, if we really read that verse in that way, he says, "Make yourself full of joy." In the world, no, in the Lord. You know, God doesn't, you know, sit out there somewhere with a big fly swatter wanting to swat us when we when we blow it. Granted, there's discipline. You know, when His children, just like Dina and Steve. And Will, before they got bigger than me, you know, uh, we're disciplined. And it's not just corporate punishment, you know, but it's when we are delighting ourselves in the Lord, making ourselves full of joy in the Lord, not in the world, in the Lord. What we sang about, knowing him. Can I just ask you, when we sing those songs, do you get excited about knowing the God of all creation? I've, you've heard me share this before, but my goal was to, um, to have men and women in this church that when they heard the word God, Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit, that this whole spreadsheet would just drop out into their mind and they'd begin to realize, yeah, that He is the God of all creation. He's the one who spoke creation into existence. He is the omnis, you know, the omnipresent one, the omnipotent one, the omniscient one. He is the one who's immutable. And you just keep going on and on and on. Let me tell you, the football season is going to go and go, just like baseball did. I mean, there was one strike, one pitch, one strike, in two different innings, and the Texas Rangers would have been the, uh, world champions, you know. We're pretty excited about that. We, we enjoy going down and seeing well in Texas, and since the Yankees weren't in it, it didn't matter anyway, you know. But uh, we, we find ourselves being caught up in the things that don't matter, you know. Um, yeah, and I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, only because Danny likes the Green Bay Packers, and Parrish <laughs> likes the 49ers. You know, but I mean, we get so caught up in things that don't matter. We says, delight yourself. Find the fullness of your joy in the Lord, the eternal one, the one who gives us eternity to reside in. That's the one that we should be delighting ourselves in. And then when he sees a heart, it says in uh, Second Chronicles sixteen nine, when he sees a man, woman, boy, and girl whose heart is towards him, he makes himself strong. You want to enjoy life? Start focusing on The one who gave us life. who Psalm uh, 139 says, He knew all of our days before there was but one of them. You keep reading in that uh, psalm and it says, When I consider your thoughts, God, towards me, Bob Burroughs, and be towards you, Chris Ward, Bill Gunn. Put your name in there. He says, they outnumber the sands of the sea. God's thoughts just towards us individually. That's the God that we should be delighting ourselves in. And yet He sort of gets not even seconds. Not even, sometimes He doesn't get leftovers. You know, and we fall asleep and we go, Heavenly, uh," you know, and we go to sleep. Instead of spending time and delighting ourselves in Him. He goes on and He says that um, we're to commit our way. To give ourselves over to, and that's what the word mean, uh, means, to commit our way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He will do what He has promised. Any promises in here? Yeah. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's all I need to know. Well, yeah. I guess. But that's just one. He says, it's full matter of fact, you want to know how to live? Pick it up. Dwell in it. You know, to to hunger after it. The Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, and they will be satisfied. You want to be satisfied with your life? Yeah. You know, I want to have enough money to, you know, kick back and go where I want to go. I want to retire. And I I was going to share this with the men last night, but um, we need to rethink retirement. You know, it's not a biblical term. Man. Man. You know, I have a fifth wheel, and I like to go places, but that isn't what God calls us to. He calls us to be about his work until he calls us home. And so we find that he says that uh, we trust in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness. God has made us righteous in Christ Jesus uh, as a light, and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and that word "rest" is uh, pretty exciting. It means that we come and we just—not just collapse, but we just—you know—it's called Cowboys Rest. When we first named that, uh, one of our board members thought it was a geriatrics camp. You know, until they got up there. If you're on staff at Cowboys Rest, and some of you have, and we trust that God would raise some of you up to come, we should call it Cowboys. Where's Haley at? Is she still here? And she, she's heard me. It's Cowboys Rush. <laughs> if you're on staff, because you you cook this meal, you go here and you go there and you get, into, you fall in the bed at night and you're exhausted and you go, do I get rest? And they said no. Somebody put the, the mountain lion in the in the cabin next to the kids and they're all screaming and yeah, we do weird stuff, you know. But we, he says we need to rest. In the Lord. This is a great poem. Overheard in the orchard. By Elizabeth Cheney, Not uh, Dick's wife. Uh, No relationship. But he says, uh, Said the robin to the sparrow. I should really like to know. Why those anxious human beings. Rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin. Friend, I think that must be that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as care for you and for me. Do the animals know? You know, the animals know their creator. All creation is declaring his glory. The heavens are declaring the glory of God. And we run around, you know, um, like chickens with our heads cut off. Now, I used to say that a lot until Steve wanted to see if they really did. You know, and they do, you know, and we had 20 chickens, and he deheaded all of them, you know, and then <laughs> it was pretty crazy, but, uh, you know, it, it sort of impacted Steve, you know, he was a lot like me, he said, I want to experience some of this stuff, And um, but we do, we fret and we run about instead of realizing that we have a heavenly father who takes care of us and takes care of our kids in Afghanistan, or in Oregon, or wherever God takes them. You know, praise God, it wouldn't be about us. But I mean, I wanted to be on that plane. Make sure he pushed the right buttons, which I don't know anything about. You know, I mean, how's he going to make it without that? And they do just fine, by God's grace. Because we've entrusted our children into the hands of our living God. And psalmist goes on and says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. You know, and when we're fretting, that's what it does. We listen to the news, we listen to that, and we get all worked up inside and pretty soon, Proverbs 10:19 kicks in. If you know that, if you're on staff at Cowboys Rest that summer, it says, where there's many words, transgression is unavoidable. And we begin talking. And we begin kibitzing between one another. Did you know that he said, that she said, that he said? You know, and we, and we just get all worked up inside. And that's what fretting does. God says, stop it. Stop it! And we are the only ones on the face of planet Earth that can. Stop fretting. If you're not a believer here this morning, you don't have an option. You're going to be a fretter. But as believers, we have the choice that we don't have to fret anymore. That we can stop fretting let me just uh close with a couple of verses. He says, uh Philippians four nineteen, and my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We talked about that. We talked about Philippians four, six, and seven. Be anxious for nothing uh but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. And uh the uh, the peace of God will surpass which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. First Peter five seven says, Casting our Cares Our anxiety upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. He cares for you and for me. That's the kind of God we're talking about. He goes on and he says um, in Matthew uh, 6.33, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You remember the account? He's talking about all the things that the world uh, anxiously tries to find. He says, your God, if you seek him 1st we'll supply all those things. We talked about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And, uh, and I, I guess the, the exciting part is that the list goes on and on. All we got to do is get in the word and find out what it says. I would challenge you this morning to get into the word. Well, where do you start? That's not good. You know, and, and, no, get, a, get into a Bible study, a systematic, pick up a, a Bible study book and just start going through the Word. You know, it'd be great if I just said, all I got to do is repent and, you know, uh, uh, First John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us unrighteousness. And we can just be, you know, mature believers every time I confess. You know, that isn't the way it happens. It means that, where's, oh, Brian's in the the sound booth. When I met Brian and Judy, they were uh, childless years ago and running uh, uh, Awana. I don't know if you still have it on your your license plate, but it's the Awana verse. You could all stand up and say, Study to show thyself approved unto God. You know, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Get in and study. Find out what it says. Knowing him is the greatest thing that we can ever do. And when we know him, we don't have to fret. You know, when I was growing up, uh, I was always afraid of being left out hunting. You know, and, you know, here's my dad. He, He taught us how to hunt, you know, and, and so I remember, uh, and he said, "Okay, we're gonna, you know, walk down this ridge. You walk on this side, and we'll walk on this side. And the birds get up, you know, um, they'll either go one way or the other." This is before I had a pointer, and that's the only plug I'll talk about, you know, using a pointer instead of a flushing dog. Uh, and uh, <laughs> but I couldn't enjoy that day because I wasn't with my father, because I was afraid he was going to, you know, you go over there, and as soon as you're out of sight, he's going to take off. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I worried about weird things. But that's what our Father wants us to do. He isn't just, you know, He wants to walk with us. He wants to take us by the hand. And He wants us to grow in Him, to know Him. And yet, then He gives us the opportunity to go out and to serve Him until He calls us home. There's no greater joy than to know that our Heavenly Father, the one who calls us to trust in Him with all our heart, the one who says, don't lean on your own understanding, get into the book, and you'll fret not. The choice is ours, unless you're not a believer here this morning. And I don't want you to um, leave here this morning. Because I know that all of us fret. The only one who doesn't probably is Zoe and the four years old, I, I think uh, uh, Rick and I were talking about Ella, you know, and our grandkids. You know, And he said, you know, you just need to watch our, our grandkids or your little ones. You know, being a parent's good. Being a grandparent, good stuff. You know, you just hand them back and, you know, <laughs> do all that stuff. But uh, to enjoy what God is doing and growing you and to finish well and to hear him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your rest. But I wish I was like this front row in a lot of ways. Just chomping at the bit to go out and see what the big bad world has to offer. Let me tell you, it's a big bad world. and I know that all of you guys know the Lord and you're off to college, and you're off to different places, and he is faithful if you only put him to the test. I would put the Lord, he said, "We well, you're not supposed to test the Lord your God. He says in Malachi, uh, give unto the Lord, test him, and show him, and he'll open the storehouses. He says, taste and see that I am good. Trust in him. It's yet to be seen, men and women, what God can do through one heart that's committed to him. If you don't know him, don't leave this morning fretting. God promises to give you a peace. If you know him and you leave here this morning, shame on us. We don't have to fret any longer. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the privilege to have your word. Father, cause me to dwell in it, to nest in it, to rest in it and to enjoy what you show me personally what you have show your children father thank you for that relationship i just pray that nothing would hinder us from looking to you father and that we would come to you and when you see those hearts that you would just show yourself strong thank you again father for this church for the 20 plus years that parkside bible fellowship has existed I remember when we thought of the name, that it was by Laura Mills Park, that we wanted to have fellowship one with another, but most importantly, that the Bible would be taught. Thank you for those that have gone on after us and continue to proclaim the truth. Father, I pray that each one of us would take the heart, the truth of your word. Thank you that we don't have to fret about tomorrow. tomorrow has enough problems within itself but that we can trust you for today and we praise you and thank you in Jesus precious name Amen